Coming to you from Helping Our Music Evolve in Nashville, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now! And welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of the Quinn Spin. I'm your host, the Quinn, and I am back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and more for the eighth anniversary edition of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. You heard Revel 9's All I've Become. It's been our official theme song for seven of those eight years since the great year of 2014, and it will be until the end of time. And I did all that fancy intro stuff that the guests seem to really look forward to these days. Uh, But you'll notice there's no guest here today. Uh, The guest is the person in the glass, as it were. The guest is me. Uh, And although I introduced myself as the Quinn, as I'm known here in Quinspin land all across Quinspin lore. I'm going to take this episode as Gerard because this is going to be a real one. I don't know. They're all real ones, but I don't know where this is quite going to go. Uh, Could get real. It could get emotional. It could get real emotional Um, because there's a lot of the journey to process. There's a lot of the journey that I'm still processing. There's the next steps of the journey that I'm figuring out live in real time. And I, if you follow me on social media, I haven't been shy about that. I haven't been shy about that process. Um, but I'm going to get to all of that and more and kind of how it informs us going forward, how it inspires me going forward because it does. Um, but eight years, man, I mean, it's been, it's been a crazy ride. Uh, a ride that I never expected to take in my life. Uh, certainly, you know, still wake up some days thinking, wow, I live all the way in Nashville, you know, and I started this show. One August night, I needed it. I decided I needed an outlet and I listened to my old college radio show, which was also called the Quinn spin. You will never hear those episodes. They will never see the light of day, but, um, I decided I wanted to do it again. I decided I wanted to reach people. The words that came out of my mouth that night is I want to have an impact. And that's always been true. You know, at that point in my life, I was 26. I was still living at home. I was commuting to New York, working in corporate America. I had a long distance ish relationship in, you know, outside of Philly and I was in Northern New Jersey. So all my time was split pretty much between those two areas, New York and Philly at the time. And I, you know, I, I had just stopped playing football within the year prior, um, you know, gave it a shot at a couple of arena tryouts, didn't make it. And I think I was really searching for meaning. I think I was really searching for purpose at that point in my life. And I did not necessarily expect to find it quite in this way that night in my bedroom at my parents' house. But I, I come back to that moment a lot. I come back to that moment certainly around this time every year and many times throughout the year, I want to have an impact, you know, and I think about that statement and I think about how that, the meaning of that statement has evolved for me over the years. It's certainly taken another evolution, uh, recently. And I think in the beginning, again, I was just searching for relevance in my own life, in my own world. You know, I didn't want to just check the boxes till I die. I I wanted to be important, feel important, feel like I was contributing something to the world. Even if it was just those 10, 15 people who listen in college, at least it was something, some kind of outlet, some, something creative I could put my stamp on and say, this is mine. 
And I think, you know, looking back on that statement and where the emphasis in that sentence should have been would be on the I. I want to have an impact. I want to reach people. I want to do something of relevance, of importance, you know, just coming from not in a malicious way, but unwittingly, I think, coming from a place of ego, you know, not even really realizing that this would become about music, that this would be my entry point into the music industry. That came after the initial concept. Once I decided, well, what am I going to do to break up the segments? Uh, Well, I want to feature music. Where am I going to find the music? It's going to come from Twitter and bands that I find on Twitter. And a surprising number of them said, yes, yeah, you can feature my music on this podcast I've never heard. And that's when I realized how many hungry people there are out here just trying to be heard. And that's when I, over the next few months, the, the my contract at that job in New York expired. I took up the cause of the independent creative. We did. Me, Scotty Rock. L, the whole original cast of characters, we took up the cause of those people. We became those people. As I'm delivering pizzas and mowing lawns, I'm focusing my efforts on this show and trying to build it into more than I thought I was going to try to build it into. You know, and we, we took, you know, we took some twists and turns. We took some tumbles here and there. We had a really great American Cancer Society benefit, like eight months into existence that no one came to. And, you know, it... it it instilled in me this love of creativity, this love of storytelling all over again, you know, which, which for a few years had gone away. I was an English major in college. I went into community journalism and I felt in a lot of ways that I wasn't allowed to tell the right stories there. Cause there always had to be some spin. There always had to be some drama, something to stir up the comment sections, even back then in 2010, 11, 12, this allowed me to, welcome people into this universe to help them tell their stories and to share a little bit of ours as well. And that first run of the show, you know, if you're familiar, if you've been here a while, you know, it lasted about two years. It, you know, it gave us so many great memories that, that we still cherish, you know, as a group, you know, especially, you know, after reuniting in the past few years. And, you know, it's it and everything following that has led me to meet so many incredible people, hear so many incredible stories, have so many amazing experiences that I wouldn't have had the chance to have otherwise, if not for that August night in the bedroom at my parents' house when I was 26 and searching for some kind of direction in my life. I got that direction. And that direction went from just this podcast in Northern New Jersey to Lehigh Valley Underground in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It led me to go do some searching on my own. It led me to, again, have an outlet after my mother passed in late 2015. She always supported us, you know, uh, with, with the show. And she always was quick with an idea. She, that, that American Cancer Society benefit, you know, we were looking for, uh, donors to help us put it on and she's she'd be mad at me to know that I was telling you all this but she was our anonymous donor that put us over you know that that got us to where we needed to be Uh, I had just told the crew about that within the past year she always supported us and you know she was my best friend 
you know, and that was a tough loss. And that led me to launch Lehigh Valley Underground. It led me to launch the blog component because, again, I just felt like I was in need of an outlet. I just felt like I was in need of something. And that would become a theme for me over the next handful of years. I think up until this one, to be honest, you know, because I needed something to be happy about. I needed something to look forward to. LVU was that in those first handful of months after mom passed. You know, I I was navigating all kinds of changes at work. I was navigating a slowly sputtering relationship, you know, which I mean, you know, all said and done was seven years of my life, you know, and I think it was around that time that I really started leaning on this outlet, this purpose that I created for myself as my sense of value, my sense of worth to myself, to the world. You know, 2015, 2016, 2017, all those events I just named happened within that short span. And after the breakup, um, I really did lean 100% into this. I said out loud, I'm going to focus 100% of my energy on building this platform because it's mine and no one can take it away from me. It was the one thing that I felt I had that nobody could take away. And it remained that. It remained that through the end of 2017 into 2018. And, you know, there, there's, I, I've talked about the journey to Nashville from, from there. You know, I moved here the end of 2018. I know I've talked about that before on the show. I don't want to take up too much time with that story. Um, but, you know, just the way that everything had kind of hit me in the face in the middle of 2018 where I realized I was burying myself in building this platform and I felt like I wasn't doing what I needed to do to meet my needs, to take it to the next level, but also to take my life to the next level. You know, I was still reeling from a lot of the losses that I had endured over those handful of years. And so the idea of going somewhere else, of going somewhere new, of going to a music industry town and actually trying this, you know, in the big leagues, quote unquote, was so enticing that it was irresistible, right? And so I did. I packed up whatever I could, stored the rest of my parents' house, and I drove all the way to Nashville with less than $1,000 in my pocket and whatever would fit my car. And I knew when I did that deep down that there was still a lot of healing that needed to be done. There was still a lot of work that I needed to do on myself. And I think, I don't think I know what I did instead was I celebrated too early (laughs) as it were. Uh, I hadn't won the game. I was still in the first quarter and I was celebrating as if I had won the Super Bowl, so to speak, you know, getting into town, lining up opportunities. I, Found a corporate job pretty much right off the bat, which would put some money in my pocket, help me save to eventually take this leap that I've taken, uh, you know, to do this full time. And I just felt like the winds were never going to stop. I just felt like, you know, okay, it's time to celebrate. It's time to take a victory lap. And that's what 2019 ended up being. You know, I went to Vegas on a whim because I felt like it. I, you know, I, I, there was definitely a lot of joy that year, there was definitely a sense of, I'm able to show up now. I'm able to be my full self. I'm able to give of my full self. 
But I'm able to do that with the support of this corporate job that, frankly, I didn't really like or really want. It was just kind of a means to get to an end. And I did that having, A, not completely processed and healed everything that I had left behind up north, but also, you know, realizing that I was kicking that can down the road, you know, and I think it started to show up for me toward the end of 2019, you know, just the fact that I would wake up, go to the day job, pay that whatever lip service it needed, go work out and then work until work came the next day. That was my life in 2019 and honestly for most of 2020 as well. And I had just gotten in this routine of work, work, work. I don't do anything else. I just work. Maybe I'll go out on the weekends and then I'm going to work some more. Maybe I'll go to a show. Maybe I'll go to a meeting. Of course, 2020 made that a little more challenging. But I buried myself so much in the work that I didn't really make the time to check in, that I didn't really make the time to address the greater picture of my life. You know, I was just focused on, I'm here, I'm building this platform, I'm going for it, nobody stopped me, nobody get in my way, no time to think about anything else. Mid-2020, you know, the pandemic's been happening, you know, for, for a few months at that point. Before the pandemic, you know, I had a couple of experiences in the dating realm that didn't, you know, that didn't work out, right? And I realize now why that was. I realized that it's because I wasn't present enough in those scenarios. I wasn't willing to step away from my camera or my laptop or whatever means I had of doing work to really open myself up and build a relationship with somebody, you know? And I started to really look around and assess why that was. And I came back to childhood in the middle of 2020, and I started to remember some things from childhood that were unpleasant memories that, you know, led me to feel singled out, ashamed, embarrassed, pretty much exclusively in school. I started to poke at the deeper issue that prevented me, A, from establishing meaningful relationships upon moving here, but B... That kept me in this mode of, I'm just going to keep working, and then I don't have to deal with it. And that issue, I would discover, as this year went on, was self-worth. I've tied so much of my self-worth to building this platform, to creating something that's going to outlive me, something that's going to impact so many people. And in the process, I kind of lost myself a bit. If you're listening to me speak right now, there's a good chance that you're a musician, a content creator, some kind of entrepreneur. Whatever the case, that means that you're a business owner and all business owners need to have a system for managing their finances. And I will be the first to tell you that this was absolutely terrifying to me at first. And that was until I spoke with Dan Bobick of MoneyWorks Financial Coaching. MoneyWorks Financial Coaching helps early to mid-career singles and couples organize their finances. Dan works individually with clients, like you and me, to build a personalized system for effectively managing their finances so that they can live and give with joy and confidence. After I consulted with Dan, I can tell you I was no longer terrified by the money conversation. 
Dan's approach and demeanor gave me the peace of mind and reassurance I needed to feel like I was in control of my finances and that they were on the right track. My relationship with money has improved exponentially and I now move forward with more confidence in my business and my life. You can schedule a free consultation by going to moneyworkscoaching.com. I guarantee you'll gain confidence and perspective on your finances and when you do, you can use my coupon code. It is UMC5 at checkout for a 5% discount on MoneyWorks Financial Coaching Services. Again, that is UMC5. Head to MoneyWorksCoaching.com. And I don't think I realized it. I don't even think I realized it when I started to kind of poke at childhood and mid-2020. I realized it a few months ago. I realized by looking around and understanding that I hadn't been home all year to see my nieces and nephew, by feeling as though, you know, I was kind of still alone here and my entire personal life was up there whenever I felt like showing up for it. And when it really hit me was the road trip I took. Now, for context, you know, and I know I've mentioned, I mentioned this even last week on Funning Games when Michelle and Jenna had me on. Um, you know, I wore, I took the leap at the beginning of this year professionally uh, from, from the day job. I left the day job to pursue this full time again. Uh, you know, it was, it was a goal of mine and a goal that I was able to accomplish with the money I'd saved. And there was a lot of fear around that decision. There was a lot of wondering uh, whether I would get it right this time, whether I would actually step up and do what I needed to do this time. There was a lot of trepidation, which is why it took me until January when I really wanted to do that in October of last year and take the jump. You know, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of, like I said, fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, just this fear that had always kind of existed in me that I started to poke at the reason for, but I didn't, I hadn't quite gotten there yet. I hadn't quite been able to resolve it yet. And so my response to that was to just keep working. And I just kept working from January 1st all the way to May 28th. And I took a road trip out to Utah. I, before this, hadn't taken a day off all year, maybe a few hours. I played flag football in the winter, was trying to socialize a bit, and always kept pulling myself away from the social situation to go work some more. This road trip was my first opportunity to not be tied to my laptop all day, every day, all year that I had taken. And first couple days of it were, were fun, were enjoyable. Um, I got to Moab, Utah. And beautiful place. Definitely want to go back. Arches National Park is amazing. I get there to the KOA, uh, the campground. I, I camp on these trips. And it, it was a beautiful, beautiful campground. The mountain's right there. You can, like, you get a lot of cool scenic views. The stars are shining bright at night on a clear night. And I'm taking in the scenery, but I'm also taking in my surroundings. And I'm realizing... Hmm, there's an older couple over there from Tucson, Arizona. Nice folks. I had a chance to talk to them a couple times over the couple days I was in Moab. Younger couples on vacation, families in their RVs. Here I am at age 34, alone in the desert, not sharing this memory with anyone but myself. And I think for a while, 
particularly after that breakup, you know, doing things on my own was empowering. Moving here, the most empowering thing I ever did felt great. I mean, I was on a, I was a house of fire coming into this town. I was so excited to be here and have a fresh start and do all the things and just wrap myself up in it all, right? I, I don't think I ever paused to realize how lonely that was, though, until I'm in Moab and I'm looking around and I'm realizing I've had a chance to get close to people in Nashville. I've had a chance to strengthen my already existing, my longstanding relationships. I've had a chance to go home more. I've had a chance to be a part of life outside of this platform that I've created. And I started to realize I just haven't done it. You know, I, where, where I started to lean on work all those years ago for something to look forward to, for something to hold me up, for something to get me through those rough times, I realized I never really stopped doing that. And Part of that was because I felt like, well, this is my purpose. I need to keep doing, 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 doing. Part of it was a fear of facing these larger issues that were under the surface that were never quite healed from when I left the Northeast. And so I still had a lot of this trip to go after Moab. <laughs> and while I'm out there, I'm also starting to stress out about money because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm in my first year of being, you know, solo and out on my own without a corporate paycheck. And, you know, I was just really stressing and starting to really second guess and doubt myself and wonder if I could go the distance without going back and getting another job and repeating that cycle. Heavy thing to realize when you're at the western terminus of your trip, more than halfway across the country, and you still have Denver, Cheyenne, Arkansas, and, you know, to, to all hit before you get back to Nashville to actually sort it out, right? So my mindset the rest of the time, the rest of that time out there, it was almost a week still out there, was I got to get back to Nashville and I got to put this right. I have to balance out my life, number one, but also I need to feel good about where I'm going again. You know, leaving for that trip, I was so burnt out because I did nothing but work the entire first five months of this year. All work, no play makes Gerard a dull boy. And well, it did, you know, and I felt, you know, my friendships starting to diminish, you know, I felt, you know, a lot of my relationships, you know, I didn't feel as connected to them as I would have liked, as, as I should have, because I had tied myself up so much in building the thing and doing nothing else. Acting in service of that and not in service of the bigger picture. And I get back from the desert. I feel more burnt out than before I left, which was saying something because I felt burned out for a good month and a half before I left. I was counting down the days, literally in my Instagram story, counting down the days for that trip. And I realized something wasn't right and it was up to me to fix. And I was just feeling a lot of anxiety. I was feeling depressed. I was feeling really down on myself and this whole ecosystem and just where I was in my life. You know, I felt like I was no closer to the things that I want in life than I was when I moved here. 
you know, because it's more than just building a platform. It's using that platform to create abundance. It's using that platform to impact the people in my life and show up how I need to show up for the people that I love and that I care about. You know, I want to have a family. I've always wanted to have a family since my niece Amber was born. Since I held that kid, I'm like, yep, this is my jam one day. This is going to be me. And I just felt like there was so much more life to live and something was holding me back from living it. And it was easy for me to pin the blame on, you know, just on work, right? Just on, well, you work all the time, so you don't make time for anything else. But it was something deeper than that. And I weighed, well, first I had some tough conversations upon getting back here to Nashville with myself, with other people. And I started to weigh my options. I started to weigh, you know, therapy options, that kind of thing. And I came to rapid transformational therapy, which is a form of hypnotherapy. I, again, if you watch last week's fun and games, I explained what that is. Essentially what it does is it brings you to a state of deep focus so you can access whatever's holding you back in life. And the moment that it became an issue, it pulls it out, it shows it to you. And we came over the course of that session. And even with the little bit of exploratory personal research I did beforehand, that it was a self-worth issue. And the light bulb clicked. The light bulb clicked. I have wrapped myself up so much in work and have just focused on achieving, achieving, achieving at the expense of all other areas of my life, to be honest, because I've derived such a sense of self-worth from this. It's been the main source of self-worth for me over certainly the past few years. And I love what I do. Absolutely. 100%. But it came time to realize I need a healthier relationship with it so I can have a healthier relationship with the other people around me. So I can build healthier relationships. So I can be a stronger, more secure person that's not operating from this place of scarcity, but that's operating from this place of balance, from this place of abundance, from this place of knowing, you know what, I have a good, full, rich life. It doesn't all lean on what I'm trying to build. Because what that does is it puts so much pressure on it. It clouds your decision-making. It creates so much fear around, well, if this doesn't work out, then who am I? What am I? Right? And I was at that point. I was at that point where I was doing a lot of questioning. You know, I had a real gut check right in this room, um, right on this couch, talking to Banks, the operations manager here at home, really wondering what my direction was at, at one point this summer. And, you know, I, I got to a point where it's like, okay, do I want this? Yes, I love this. You know, it took me, after that gut check moment here on, on this couch, it took me three days to realize oh, I ain't going anywhere. Like th this is, this is my thing. This is what I came here to build. I'm not going back to a cubicle. I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to see this through because I have to, but I have to because that's going to prove to myself, my own self-worth doing what I say I'm going to do. I said, I was coming here to build this platform as high as it could go. When I came here to Nashville, before even before I wanted to come here to build this platform so that I could show up 
on my terms in my life in any role necessary, whether that's for my nieces and nephew, you know, whether that's at one point being able to fly back for all their birthdays, you know, whether that's for my own family, whether that's for a romantic partner, whether that's being able to show up in my friendships better, to give more. I need to first see it through and create abundance through this platform. And that's my focus now. You know, this summer has been incredibly transformative for me in the sense of I'm no longer through all of this, through 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 all these realizations I've had about my own life and my own position in life and the gap between where it is and where I want it to be. I've realized that it's up to me to create that abundance. I can't just blame things that haven't worked out in the past. I can't just lean on those things that have happened, you know, as, as battle scars anymore. You know, I have to understand them, understand their place in my history, but also keep a forward focused mindset. You know, I, I think I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. So if I am, I apologize, but I feel like, you know, so often I say, well, I did this in spite of, I did this, you know, in spite of the breakup, in spite of, you know, my mom passing, in spite of everything I've been through, I st I'm still here. I'm still here after eight years. And don't get me wrong. That's something I'm very proud of. Resilience. I love that as a quality. It's one of my favorite qualities in anybody is the ability to get back up. But I think I've leaned on it so much that I expect things to go wrong and to have to recover from them. I don't expect to win, you know, and I think despite all that, like I've created something pretty cool, pretty meaningful, something that has impacted a lot of people, you know, and I don't think I don't think I give myself enough credit. In, in that regard, in terms of looking up from the computer, looking up from the phone to seeing, you know, the ways the Quinn spin, the ways UMC live from the 615 now, like the impact it's having in this community, the impact it's had in other communities that we've been in, you know, and that's despite personal challenges. Yeah. But it's also, you know, been moving forward through this pandemic you know, and the moving target that we've all had to hit in this industry, you know, as things change and rules and regulations change and evolve and we come to understand this whole COVID thing more, you know, I, I, th there's been a lot of forward movement and there's so much to be proud of and so much to be grateful for. And that's only something that I've just recently started framing you know, framing the situation as, you know, like, like I said, I, I feel like I'd almost expect adversity. I'd almost welcome the adversity. So I'd have another, you know, chapter to add to the story as it were. And now, you know, it's like, okay, but I've leaned on that adversity too much. The past adversity, I've let it in. I've let it, you know, I've let the baggage stay with me. And it's, it's clouded my sense of self-worth. It's clouded everything I've been able to do it's clouded the relationships that I've started to build that I haven't really given a chance to grow because I've been so focused on okay but not now I have to keep going I have to keep going I have to keep proving myself or something bad's going to happen if I don't right
it's been it's been quite a trip <laughs> this year um you know and i i am grateful to have kind of woken up to a lot of the things that I need to work on, you know, I need to work on my sense of self-worth every single day. I need to work on being present every single day. You know, it's become my mantra over the summer. And especially after that RTT session, make today go well. I tell that to myself every day. I have to tell that to myself every day because I can't control what's happened back there. I can't control, you know, the previous traumas from childhood. I can't control, you know, the relationships that didn't work out. I can't control what I don't still have from the past, the things that didn't come with me into this present state, right? Can't be too focused on the future because if you're too focused on the future, you have a lot of anxiety and worry and, you know, through hoping that it works out exactly the way you want, you're not present on making the most of this moment right here. And that's just been something that I've had to really, really get, present with is being here in the moment and understanding that I control what's in front of me right now. I control my own abundance. I create my own abundance. And, you know, whether that's through putting on a show here in town, through, you know, client work, through driving DoorDash, there are ways to do that. There are ways to keep this going to where I can continue to build and build and build and build something on my time on my terms that I can then share, you know, that's, that's only going to grow that I can share with the people in my life, both current and future. Right. And that's important to me is just be able to show up and be present and give, you know, and this platform and this journey it's taken me on has given me that opportunity has given me that clarity that maybe I would have never had. I mean, it took a lot to get here and it took a lot of shedding layers and it took a lot of leveling up and it still takes leveling up every single day. You know, I thought when I was 31 and I moved here, like, okay, I'm done leveling up now. There was always another level. There's another level from here and another from there. We always keep learning. We always keep growing. We're always going to have challenges. But, you know, I, I'm certain that without this journey, without that night... Eight years ago, eight summers ago in my bedroom at my parents' house, none of this would have happened. I wouldn't be able to do what I do with the people that I do it with. And it's been beautiful. And I'm so thankful for that. And through everything, all the ways it's challenged me to be a better man, all the way it's challenged me to be a better business person, a better uncle, a better brother, son, friend. You know, I, I, I don't think that I would change anything, you know, that, that's happened directly in conjunction with this journey because it's helped me grow and it's helped me realize finally that although this platform is definitely a part of my story. It's not the whole story. I have a whole world out there to give to. I have so much love and so many good people in my life, many of whom I would have never met if it weren't for this. And that's something to be thankful for. And that's something that inspires me every day. 
to go forth and be a better man for those people. Be a better man for myself so that I can give. You know, and and so I can live in abundance and confidence that everything is going to work out and that I'll be able to continue to give, continue to have that impact. And, you know, the other thing I've realized is while that's important, the impact that you have on the people closest to you is even more important. You know, I have, I think, given in to workaholism <laughs> quite a bit over the years as a detriment to a lot of my relationships. I want to impress this upon you because I know so many artists, so many people in the industry, you know, they just get in this mode of go, 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 go. Don't stop. Don't ask questions. Having done that, I can tell you. Being a workaholic does nothing to serve anyone. It does nothing to serve you or your dreams or ambitions because it's only going to burn you out and depress you if you don't take time for yourself, if you don't take time to be present in your own life and the other areas of it to gain that perspective. It does nothing for the people around you because if you burn out, first of all, the people you work with, they're not going to be getting your best. You know, they're not going to be getting quality from you. You know, which is only going to diminish your business and your reputation and everything that you're doing and the whole thing that you're trying to build. Least of all, does being a workaholic serve the people you care about the most? Because you're not there for them. You're not present. You're not building and maintaining those relationships. You're certainly not building new ones. If you can't be present enough to let people in and open up and get to know them and understand what their needs are, understand, you know, who they are as people and what makes them tick, you know? So I encourage everyone to try to find that sense of balance and realize, yeah, it's great to work hard. It's great to build your platform. I'm going to keep building this platform for as long as I can build it, as high as I can build it. But I'm doing that with, abundance in mind i'm doing that with balance in mind from this day forward because if it's just for me if it's just to say i did it if it's just because i want to have an impact what does that do what will that impact be at the end of the day as opposed to having an impact see the difference in inflection there having an impact on the people you do business with having an impact on the people in your life, having an impact on the people you inspire along the way, living in service of something greater than yourself. That's what I've got today. Um, I feel like I rambled, but I just wanted to get in here and really just get some things off my chest. You know, again, this has been such a huge summer for me personally and professionally, you know, it's really informed the direction forward and it's a direction of abundance rather than scarcity because it needs to be because without that, what do we do it for? If we can't create and spread the love and give, what's the point? 
This has been the Quinn Spin. Two ends in Quinn, two ends in Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and more. You can also find us at undergroundmusiccollective.com. That's our central hub. You can also find all, thing, all things UMC. Excuse me, not editing. On all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. UMC 20 playlist has started back up for the fall, by the way. So go follow that on Spotify. Check in with Live from the 615. We've got 615 Fest happening October 2nd at the East Room. That's going to be huge. We've got so many shows coming up this fall. Stuff we haven't announced yet. I'm so excited for. And just, you know, excited to keep building and climbing here. And to do it with abundance in mind. And with the perspective of it has to be bigger than me. Keep coming back to that point, uh, but yeah, it's it's been a wild one, man. But anyway, I'm going to let you get out of here. Time featuring Timothy Miles is our closing theme song. I'm going to hit it right now. No.